0: Welcome to episode
1: 330 three, of unspeakable bliss. Today my guest is Freddie the Cat.
0: Freddy, what do you have to say? Seems quite unspeakable. Very fitting, Freddie. It's not our not, not the real guest.
1: The guest today is me. I've got some ideas that I want to share that I'm thinking about, and I welcome your thoughts on this too, your experience on this, in the comments below for those tuning in on Facebook. So I spent the first three or four days of 2023 in silence with my beloved, my fiancé, Zlatka, and... During that time, uh, a couple clear insights, pointers, poems, things like that were flowing through, and I wanted to share one of them with you. So this episode is sort of like, I wouldn't call it a, a typical meditation, but you could think of it more like a contemplation and direct pointer exercises for those that are familiar I think most of you probably are like a direct pointer uh what what I mean by that is I don't I'm not interested in you believing what I'm saying. I'm interested in you seeing if this lines up with your experience. So that's that's what a, a direct pointer is. Um, okay, so I want to start by sharing these quote with you. Reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one.
0: Reality is
1: merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. This is a quote by, attributed to, as far as I know, by Albert Einstein. Pretty smart fellow. So it appears. What do I mean by so it appears? Well, I mean the same thing that he means, I think, (laughs) when he says reality is merely an illusion, albeit a persistent one, a very persistent one. And I'm going to try and uh, break this down and share with you what I think he meant by that. And this is where I am open to criticism, agreement, disagreement, any of it, Around, around this idea and some of the ideas that I've explored in other episodes with guests. And you've heard me talk a lot about uh, the idea of non-duality. Now, the first remark I want to make is this viewpoint, if I could call it a viewpoint, that I've come to has been, I, I, I could put it this way, I cannot deny that I've had a certain set of experiences, and after those experiences, I've then started to relate to the world, experience the world, experience myself in the world in this way. So I can't say conclusively, like, what I did, the meditation practices, the plant medicine journeys, specifically the heroic doses with psilocybin, uh, and then similar experiences with cannabis, but lots of also just sober meditation, sober conversation without any uh, outside substance. I've come to this viewpoint. So I'm pointing that out because... I can't help but get into <laughs> into uh, paradox, paradox with, with a lot of these things. And I want to describe what I mean by that. Uh, and I find myself being very, very sort of cautious with what I say, because really, ultimately, I don't know. I don't know if uh, the things that I've done, that I've engaged in, resulted in this, or if I would have been or if I would have arrived at where I'm at at this point in relating to the world in this way through some other means, I don't know. I do not know. So that's the big disclaimer on this video and anything else you've ever heard me say, it's unknown. It's a mystery to me. And that ties in with the very thing that Albert Einstein is saying. Reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. What I believe he's saying here is because we have a an apparatus and the apparatus being the body and the mind to perceive reality that we're not really seeing reality as it is we're seeing reality through the lens of our own uh our individual apparatus and we're looking in on reality and it's interpreting and making meaning out of reality but that's not actually reality well it is and here so here's the thing and here's where the paradox arises one could say there is nothing but reality and what what einstein is saying when he's saying it's merely an illusion he's basically just saying it's not exactly what it appears to be it is something and this is why i always appreciate the description of an illusion that i first heard from rupert spiro which is an illusion doesn't mean that it's not real it just means that whatever it is whatever uh, appears as an illusion is something other than what it actually is like a mirage in the desert we, we might say that the mirage uh, the illusion is that there's water however when we walk close closer and closer when we see there's no water there we see that there was something very real happening. I don't know that the science of it of you know the light reflecting off the sun or the, yeah, the light reflecting off the sand and making it look like water. But that obviously wasn't water. but but just like a dream that you have at night or a dream that I have at night, no one's going to tell me that that isn't real. I'm really having a dream. I'm really having that subjective experience. I think that's that's by and large what einstein is is sharing here. And now, I'm going to share with you the uh, writing, which this is the direct pointing, the 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 pointing experience that came through during during these few days of silence. And again, I, I point out that I've come to the conclusion of these things through a variety of different means. And what I continues to be a suggestion in my life, Uh, that has been supportive is whenever when i talk about a lot of these things uh, some of these things sometimes people will say oh so then there's no point to do anything and it it can lead to a nihilistic a destructive kind of depressed warped uh, relationship which that's i don't think that's actually at all what this is saying Because one couldn't say one one sometimes is like oh well so nothing means anything that's not actually what's being and then and then and then the the claim that follows from that is well then i shouldn't do anything or i shouldn't care where life goes and i think the opposite side of that would be well life is full of me and everything every single thought if it's all interconnected and it's all really one then it all matters equal and oppositely, it all actually matters too. So you can't have one without the other duality uh, and non-duality. So you can have both, right? Duality and and the the appearing, or as Einstein would say, the reality being an illusion, the appearance of duality. I say the uh, duality appears within or to duality. Now, okay, so the that whole caveat that I, I got off on a tangent is to say that i think that if there's still the energy uh, that exists of seeking truth or wanting to to understand what's real what, who am i what is this what what's going on for anyone on that path that energy there's an i i have found an absolute relationship to the seeking and to the finding to Okay, well, you know, here I am. And this is this is where some people will say, oh, so so I should just give up looking. I tried that. I try that still sometimes. And if I'm when I'm being honest with myself, sometimes the honest thing is like, mm, you know what? I do still find that I am seeking to know who or what I am, or or I think that I could be buying into certain illusions that might not be serving me. And if I'm doing that, well, those that's fuel for the fire of practices for me, the the practice of making and sharing and talking about this with someone else, with you, the practice of sitting and meditating, the practice of self-inquiry, the practice of engaging in different conversations. Like you can use the seeking energy to be depressed and not do anything because you're like, oh, well, it's meaningless and I'll never get there. But that's, I think the ego steals that and it masquerades as like, well, if there's nothing to do, but then if there's still. (laughs) The seeker, if there's still that energy, why not channel it? Why not funnel it? Why not use it in a way that goes, okay, well, apparently it, it, the worldview that I have, look at the, the people that have practiced meditation or people that have had a lot of these different experiences. I've noticed a correlation, a correlation with the intention to recognize the truth and then recognizing the truth. Can I say that conclusively? No, absolutely not.
0: But that's how it appears.
1: And okay, so all of that to say, <laughs> what I'm about to share with you, I don't believe requires, and this is where I'm putting my foot in my mouth and it sounds like a paradox, it kind of is, I don't believe this requires any meditation. I don't believe it requires any plant medicine. I don't, I don't, there's this whole thing where the, how the mind apparatus works where it continues to create a future by going, here's the process to do this. Here's the, the, so when I'm reading the thing that I'm going to read, I, I invite you to see if your experience already is the way that I'm talking about it. And if it's different, cool, because, well, I've found different methods, meditation, self increase, lots of different things, everything, as it turns out, how crazy is that, to, come to this understanding. So with with that, uh, another side note that's been very present recently in conversations I've been having with folks. Something that the teacher Adyashanti says, he says uh, something like this. You can only really surrender when you realize that you can't surrender.
0: Finally got Freddie's attention.
1: He's finally looking over here. You like the surrender talk, buddy boy? Freddie agrees. You can only really surrender once you feel like you absolutely cannot surrender. When you see that you are incapable of surrendering, then that's real surrender or grace. I really resonate with that. Like I never heard it put that way that that directly. And the whole idea is that the one that realizes that they can't surrender realizes that they don't even actually exist. And that's
0: the key element
1: that I'm speaking to here, how the mind will create a narrative of one day of once I complete the process, once I hear this thing that's going to be read, once I complete the meditation, once I go on the retreat, once I, whatever, could be in spiritual stuff or material stuff. And the whole idea The whole recognition that I've come to through all of these things is this ironic and paradoxical recognition that it wasn't any of those things, that it already always was this way, that it never was different, that it was only my own mind ego and in some way I can make a whole video on the difference between that many videos on the difference between mind and ego um, but the point is all of these experiences have showed me that it's always already been this way and that's why I want to be really careful in the way that I talk about these things because I don't want to indicate that like for you it's going to be through the path of meditation or or A plant medicine ceremony. All of those things have ironically, paradoxically, indicated to me that life has only ever already been wholeness and that I am a part of it. I am I am it. I am that. No, there's no thing, no one that is separate from that. And the the one that I thought that was trying to get there to achieve that didn't. Exists, not in the way that I thought it did. So all right, I've already kind of given it away, what I'm going to share.
0: I'm going to share it anyway. So here are some, some of the pointers that were coming through. Separation is an idea. Bring out the evidence for it. In your experience right now, I'm inviting the contemplation, the the investigation into your own
1: seeing. That separation, just like any other word I've said in this thing and any other idea that exists is simply an idea.
0: It's all connected. It's all just this open expanse. Anything I call it, in a way, limits it. I'm objectifying everything, which is impossible.
1: And we are that, we are part of that, and we are beyond it, and yet inclusive of any name or form
0: that I place on this. And some may say,
1: I know, I certainly would have said this. At times, I still sometimes feel this way, this still arises. Some may say, yes, but I feel separation. I feel it. People will say, I feel I am my mind. I feel I am my body. And what, what I didn't see for such a long time, because it was so deeply lodged in through beliefs, through thoughts, you know, believing thoughts of everyone around me that really thought that they, who and what they were, was limited exclusively to their own mind and their own body. But this this is the thing that all the mystics say, I think even some scientists, like I think Albert Einstein would agree with this too. This idea that we are limited and separate and only our mind and our body is a belief. I think the beliefs come first. And then after that, we start to take these beliefs and pack them in, in a way, into our body. And then they become feelings. And we're like, no, see, I feel separate, but I'm, I'm, I'm inviting in that investigation right now when I investigate this moment,
0: I do not deny that who you see on the screen speaking,
1: I know I can feel the, the difference between this table and my hand. That's what I mean, this, I can grab this cup. Sounds like this voice is coming from my vocal cords. I see and I experience all of that and, I cannot tell you, if if I'm honest with my experience, that the computer, with this whole
0: uh, house table, the space,
1: I don't see any evidence that that's not also me or that I'm not inextricably absolutely connected with all of this. That's all I'm pointing to. That's why they call it the universe, right? One, even if there are, even if try this one on, even if there are many universes happening right now, somehow, I only see this one, but let's say there are other ones. Where is all happening within the one greater universe, the one greater whole, This wholeness, which is you, staring through your eyes, it is you, and that. So, the singular mistake that gets made is the exclusive identification with the mind and the body. I think that's essentially what Jesus was saying, what Buddha was saying, and it's and it's not rocket science, and it's completely ordinary. And I think babies are in tune with this until they see the conditioning of a bunch of other people that really think that they are. Exclusively their mind and their body, and they start to believe that, and then they reenact that. But I don't. For you, what what is really the difference? This is where I invite the comments in. Acknowledge the appearance of separation.
0: But how do you really know that you're not all connected
1: to all of this? I. I suppose my theory is that you you do know that you are you feel it it's it's ordinary it's
0: this and this and this and this and this and this is
1: why i've I've written here if you have not experienced
0: which here's the thing i think everyone experiences this at night in deep sleep
1: you are there when deep sleep, when you're not dreaming, dreams are a whole other thing and not at all because it's all the same thing. Right. But in in deep dreamless sleep, there's consciousness. There's just no contents. There's you, you have not gone anywhere, but there's nothing that you're, 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 you're not in, in this, in the, the fixated subject object relationship. And again, I'm, I'm submitting that subject and object relationship appear within or to the uh non within the universe i could say within dual within non dualities within the universe it's all it's just it's the part of it knowing itself through itself with only itself because that's all there is god i could call it god uh, those are some terms i use synonymously god consciousness the universe awareness what, whatever it is like whatever that is all i'm simply saying is that we are all connected to it and the essential nature of it is it's freedom
0: peace openness
1: separation is just an idea like any other idea that appears in the expanse in the universe in you which is you the whole world every idea is appearing in you right now look closely are you in the world or is the world in you is there a difference
0: what's your idea of you
1: drop all these ideas Being with what is as it is, you shall see, you do see, you're seeing now, you are the universe, mind, body, all of this is appearing in you, or rather, all of this is you, the interconnected endless being. Bring out the evidence for separation. There is none. And that's why even with a lot of the things I'm saying here to say that like the universe appears within you or you're in the universe, it's all just. It, to, to say one's inside the other doesn't even really actually make sense. It's just this.
0: And yes, ironically, there are certain experiences that I have had
1: where then a whole personality gets created of, I'm, see, I'm the one that gets this. I'm the one that knows this and let me talk about it with others that's a good one too but all that's ever really been communicated is beyond words that's why I call this podcast unspeakable bliss I'd love to say something about what I'm talking about but
0: (laughs) it escapes me it doesn't feel possible
1: for the the essential reason that I remember as to why it feels impossible is because if what I'm saying is true or pointing to the truth, then there's no sense in me describing it. Who would I be describing
0: it to? After the, the moment of this accidental self-inquiry
1: event we'll call it that I had I asked myself I referenced this in the Anna Brown podcast I said if no
0: one exists I I was I had a moment we'll call it a moment an existential
1: moment of anxiety and I asked myself if no one exists then who or what is so worried about that and in that moment i got the unspeakable sort of joke we could call it i realized that i could say nothing about it because it's only the same thing describing itself to itself with itself by itself yet this is one of the things that i am most passionate about sharing Because there just feels like uh, an incredible amount of joy and value in paying forward, I guess,
0: in sharing that we
1: really, truly all are already free, one, whole, complete. And as the Zen paradox goes, there is always room for improvement. This is the place where I have come to, where even though we are all one and whole and free, there still is, at least I don't know what your world is like that you're looking at, but there's a lot of room for improvement, or what I call integrating the psychological stuff. Look at this. Freddie has come join
0: me on my lap. Do you agree with me, Freddie? All right. That was.
1: How long has it been?
0: This has to be like a 40 minute, 40, 45
1: minutes, right? That was what it was. I hope it was valuable. I would like to know what your experience of that was. Uh I still have two two spots for a four month and an eight-month work with me working on well, could be very much related to everything that I just shared about. Uh and if that's you, s- send me a message at open your heart, mind, body at gmail.com. And you can put work in the title so I know what you're messaging me about. And I have Time freedom, a. Uh, we'll call it a project for now. It's going to call it a course. I don't know if it'll exactly turn out to be a course. I did the math yesterday, and in the past six years, since I've been 24 years old, I'm now 30, 30 years old, mind, body, and 30th episode. Uh, I realized in the past six years, approximately. I have been doing, just following um, whatever I love most, pursuing my interests, whether it was in spirituality, psychology, coaching work, writing my first book, traveling around the world, like lots of just a lot of cool things that I'm very grateful for that have resulted in me, at least to some extent, right, Uh, ending up here in this moment where I am today. And so I'm going to be offering uh, some sort of invitation around a time freedom course. So the, the math, the math. In the past six years, approximately 10, 10 and a half hours every day, I've just been giving my attention to what matters most my relationships, my work, my love, my many loves, my many passions. And uh, I would love to share that uh, in a way that is relatable and accessible and so someone else can also explore what they love to do and, and discover what their who they are what they are what their purpose is etc cetera, etc and have a really fun time doing it so that is in the, the works right now as well i don't i can't say that that's ready to be offered but i thought i would just share a little bit now let me know If this resonated with you, if you have a different experience, if you know someone that has a very different experience of life than what I'm speaking of here and what I shared here, I would love to speak with them, Uh, especially um, first, just like a a conversation between that person and I, and then a potential guest. I, I would love to speak to someone that has a very different worldview and ask them, using uh, not like a, a heated debate, like a, nothing at all like that, actually quite the opposite. I'm looking to understand others and how they think differently than this. And I find those conversations really engaging. So if you, if you know someone that is willing to have a conversation like that with me, that is one of the kinds of people that I would love to talk to on unspeakable bliss and just generally speaking to. Is that it, Freddie? I think that's all Freddie and I got for episode 30 on Unspeakable Bliss. Thank you for watching, and I will see you in the next episode.